Hello, my name is Adam Taff Lambert, and you are listening to the Good Market Live podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Good Market Live. If this is your first time tuning in from all of us here at Good Market, we're glad you made it. You belong here. On this episode of Good Market Live, Mary Beth and I are talking with New Hope Girls founder Joy Reyes and executive manager Caitlin Skaggs. New Hope Girls is a company using gorgeous handcrafted bags and accessories to help protect vulnerable populations of women and children throughout the Dominican Republic. During our conversation, Joy and Caitlin share with us their early motivations that led them to a nonprofit how to keep balanced when working with tragedy, and how we can all find healing through hope. We're so happy to have you join us on this episode of Good Market Live as we showcase another amazing story from our community of creators dedicated to doing good. Well, um, for us, the journey started in 2004 when my husband and I and our then two kids that were ages two and four just took off on an adventure. We kind of were feeling this like, hey, there's more for us. Like there's something that we are called to do that's more than what we were doing in the U.S., but we weren't exactly sure what that was. So we um, sold our house and we packed our bags and we went to the Dominican Republic for one year to kind of decide and discover what what might be out there for us to do. And Was I, the one year always the plan? It's like it we're going to do it one year and then... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because we weren't thinking of ourselves as great humanitarians or missionaries or, you know, we were, it was just kind of our thing. It was like the race adventure. So we took off and um, we were going to just sort of offer our, our lives in service for a year, but we were funding it. So it was going to be a year. <laughs> and, um, and I was going to help raise a school administrator up in this, this um, little barrio, which is just another word for kind of a, you know, a ghetto or a slum where I was going to help this school administrator. And then my husband was going to work with sports and the community. And it was during that first year that really we just kind of had our own world rocked. We were dealing with all the things that were not there. No water, no refrigeration, no power, no washing machine, no peanut butter and jelly, no macaroni and cheese, all the stuff that you think you need for little kids and, you know, and um, so that was the beginning was just kind of dealing with the elements. But as we got farther in, we saw great needs around us and we started to wonder like, is this really going to be a year? And if it's more than a year, what will, what's for us? And the thing that kept happening over and over again is that I was watching girls just sort of fall into the abyss and being consumed by the wolves, you know, through, like I was seeing just just everywhere I looked, everywhere I turned, I was seeing abuse, neglect, and exploitation. And I was trying not to be the stinky American that knew better, but I also was certain that there was something for me to do in that space. So it was, it took, it took, it took me some time to figure out what that was and literally just crying out to God, like do something about this. And, um, new hope is our response to that. So we are currently working with girls from the darkest of places. They all have a different story, 
but all of their stories evolved neglect, abuse, and not many of them sexual exploitation. And so we work with them, um, providing for them as daughters for as long as you would provide for your own daughter in a safe home, in a, um, in a refuge. Um, and it's just the most beautiful, rewarding, difficult, messy work I've ever had the honor and privilege of being part of. And, you know, in addition to that, we have this workshop that was, that has its own story, really, but this workshop where we employ women and they make incredible bags, provide for their own kids, keeping them safe and join arms with us as abolitionists. And um, because the sale of the bags that they make helps fund the work of New Hope. And so it's, it's just really beautiful circle. And Caitlin is the one that's sort of the face of the sales of those bags in the state. And she has her own story of how she was brought into this work. Caitlin, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, I think um, what's so interesting is if you'd asked me, let's say back in the day, I would have told you that I was always gonna be a police officer. And I was for the first five years of my career. And that was driven by my belief that going into hard spaces with people when they were at their really worst and in a state of crisis was an honor. It was really beautiful in all that mess and the realness and rawness. And I just really valued the opportunity to step into those places. But as we started a family and my heart shifted as it did when I became a mother, I just knew that was no longer the calling for me. I was so certain of it. And then began this journey in marketing and communications. And along the way, I became an accidental entrepreneur and started my own marketing agency. And that did really well. And then I was able to sell my own marketing agency. And then I took a role in higher education and I was a spokesperson. And um, and worked in marketing communications in that setting. Um, and then along the way, I met New Hope Girls as that path was evolving. Um, and what I have seen to really make a very long, confusing plot twist written story short is that there's this beautiful fusion of all those distinct roles, right? I am stepping into a place and the darkness, if, you, if you'll let it, it will overwhelm you if you don't shift your eyes and see all the hope and healing and transformation. Um, and it likens to my days when I was a police officer, right? When I was really walking in those places here with people stateside and then having my own business, that entrepreneurial hustle and that like grittiness and that um, scrappiness that comes with being an entrepreneur. I'm drawing from that too. And then that spokesperson role I mentioned, my ability to use my voice to tell a story, to get a message across and to advocate, it's all wrapped together in this one role, advocating for these girls and these women that I just love so deeply and so dearly. They are just amazing. They are just this embodiment of hope. And to think that this gets to be my role every day, that I get to show up and I get to fight for them and work with them and lock, lock arms with Joy and um, all our caregivers and the artisans, to me, this is total dream job status. This is the best. I definitely feel that way working at Good Market and being able to interact with all the brands doing this, the the amazing work that they're doing as well. Yeah, I think it's funny too. Um, I was reminiscing of when I met Joy um, here at Bear Bradley. She told the story to a large group um, and really everybody was just silent. And then you hear these kind of you know, just size of gosh, 
I can't believe the story and then how can I help, right? So there was a lot of that. And then when I met Caitlin, right when we opened um, Good Market, it was like we had this automatic kindred spirit because my husband's a police officer too. So we were talking about that. And then just the love of New Hope and then the love of handbags, which is uh, you know a long part of my career too. So it was kind of all this happened at once. And I feel like, I feel like Caitlin, we haven't hardly spent that much time together, but we, we definitely have a connection. And um, we have so much good that we can do and, and, you know, good markets only just the platform to help everything that these ladies are doing amazingly well and give it a different voice. Right. So it's been really fun. Yeah. It has Joy, I'm, I'm one of the things that I'm interested. It's kind of a weird word, but you said looking around, you can see it. Um, the abuse, the neglect, um, the exploitation. I think one of the things that's, that's so fascinating is how out in the open it is in certain places where in, in America you you can find it and you can go to certain places and know where to look to see it but there's certain places around the world in which it is very much out in the open and it's very easy to look past it if that's what you want to do if, if that's something that you want to avoid you can do it um, but you didn't do that. And I'm sort of interested the, the way that it, as an American going down and, and you said, you don't want to be that typical American that thinks that they know best. Um, how was that process between seeing the empathy and, and then turning it into an actual vehicle for, for help? There is a mix for me of, of knowing and not knowing. For example, between where I live and where the girls live, so between my home and the barrio that we serve, uh, there are 21 cabanas, which is a place where you can go for an hour. You can bring someone with you or you can buy someone there. And I drove by them every day for years without really knowing what was going on there. But then I would get to work and I would see so much pain. And it really was after, you know, nursing girls' bloody backs and listening to their stories and just wondering like, is this a cultural thing or is this just wrong? And I do remember questioning, praying, wondering, um, trying to learn. And then the, the case, the girl, she was um, a fourth grader and she became pregnant by a 37 year old man. And the community became enraged against her. And that against her, against her, because in their mind, she was this little ill dressed flirt who had busted up a marriage. And I there was just the mama lion that sort of rose up in me that was like, don't mess with her. You know, like I am here for her and every other her from that day forward. It just was like, that was it. I just knew that this was not culture. This was not, this wasn't like the American, that was just wrong. And I didn't know exactly what I was called to do, but I knew in that moment and moving forward, I would 
protect and advocate for girls like her. I can't imagine what it must be like to, to going through that situation because you yourself as a mother at that time must have seen the implications of what, what a community like that or what a place that doesn't have those protections can mean for your own children, yeah? Right. Jeez. Yeah, and you so, know, I had a daughter at that moment and you know, she was, she was still running around in princess dresses and being so innocent and free and you dream that for everybody. And, and you know, that's, that's, that's actually one of the things that a line that I created and grabbed onto early on was like, you know, these girls, I'm dreaming the same thing for them, the, the same exact dreams that I have for my own daughter. And I, that continues to guide us as we make decisions about how we're going to serve, how we're going to provide. It's, we're giving them our best, like our, our own daughters. It really gives you pause too. I'm a mother of two daughters too, that, that those girls don't even know what that dream looks like. They, they have no idea. They only know their reality, right? So um, they don't even know what they're missing. That's why we have to dream for them. And we yeah. have to sort of inspire and ignite that in them. When we first started New Hope, we started as a school because it felt like the safe thing. I was an educator. And um, I remember I had to persuade and beg moms to let their kids come to school because their moms couldn't dream either. They thought, what is the point of that? I need her here to haul water and to provide childcare and to cook. And I would, and I would say, just give her to me for a couple hours. I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it. I'm telling you she's worth it. And believe me, there is something else for her. But, you know, it's, it was definitely... Um, a step of faith, even for their moms, to start to dare to dream for them. Yeah. Caitlin, as as a spokesperson, have you found? Is there a fine line that you feel like you have to 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 walk between telling the reality of the situation and you, you know? A, getting the point across, I suppose. Like that, that's, it's a horrific story. Oh, absolutely. It is, it is. And you've hit a thread that is so important to Joy and so important to me. And it's, it's something we wrestle with. The amount of conversations we have about, does this honor her? That's our bottom line. Are we honoring her, our girl, our woman? Um, we don't ever want to re-victimize or traumatize or sensationalize through this story because the stories that, exist they they defy I mean I've been down there and I've met these girls and I know some of their stories and I've had the honor to hear them and it's still hard to receive it as real they're so bad that it's like your brain wants to reject that that can even be possible but but telling those stories that's not necessary to tell the heart of what we're doing we talk about what we fight and then we talk about who we fight for as two separate things so when you hear us talk about it we fight exploitation we fight cycles of abuse and, um, and we fight, uh, uh, sorry, I don't know why my words are spokesperson <laughs> and the words aren't, aren't hitting me, um, but we fight to end exploitation and cycles of abuse and victimization. Those are the things we fight. 
But who we are fighting for is a separate conversation. So we fight to rescue girls and we fight to empower women. And, and it may seem small and nuanced, but we don't mix those things and co-blend those things in the same sentence because we never want our girls to take that on as identity. That's the bottom line here is, is they have been through a lot of darkness, but they're walking in hope and healing and light and transformation. And that is their identity. The old is gone and the new has come. And it's a messy journey that joy walks with them daily in, and our caregivers do. Um, so to talk only of the darkness would be missing kind of the whole point, really. Sure. And, and I think you make a great point. It's not conflating the fight with who it is you're fighting for, because that, that, that can get, very messy, but you're right. The nuance is very important Yeah. about what, go ahead. I was just going to say, it is important that people understand the reality though, because you made a really good point earlier that sometimes it's easy to walk along and bump along and act like this isn't happening because you know, your life might look pretty and shiny and mine does and stateside and things are great. And our girls are happy here. But to Joy's point and something I hold so dear is those girls in the Dominican Republic are equally as deserving of love and care and support and dreams as the daughter of mine um, who's about to get off the school bus. Like they are all as deserving. And I think embracing that element of humanity and seeing it through that lens is so critical. So to, to summarize, it's important people understand this darkness exists. It's not just in the take it, you know, taken by Liam Neeson and these sensationalized Hollywood productions. This is a reality that women and children are living across this globe. And the corner in which we are fighting is in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And, and it's another great point is that this is not the only place in which this is happening. You know, this is just one front in, in the battle to to alleviate and eradicate these these horrors but that that brings me yeah. to an interesting point you joy you said the dominican republic it was planned to be one year why was it the dominican republic um back in the day it was nothing more than i really hoped that i could provide the gifts that i had given to a community that needed them and I wanted my kids to learn Spanish in the process. I mean, it was really like that simple. And, um, but God knew better, you know, like it turns out that the Dominican Republic is like the lead sender of girls. It is so interesting when you, when you study human trafficking that we are, we are moving girls in a way that no other country is. It's, it's, it's really interesting. And um, I went to a conference a while back and I was with um, leaders of organizations similar to ours from 14 different countries, all of whom had girls from the DR. And many of whom, upon seeing my, um, my name tag in my country, would say, where are you from? And I, would, and I would name the city. And then they would say, what part of the city? Like they, even, they didn't just know the city, they happened to to know even our small barrio. And, um, you know, there are no coincidences. So what I thought was just an adventure, and in the meantime, my kids would learn a second language, you know, God had planned for us to be there, you know, now 17 years later, serving in a country that is in desperate need of this kind of yeah. 
Joy, I'm curious to, to know, you said your kids were two and four, I think at the time, right? So they're 19 and what, 21 now? What do they think now? Um, well, my daughter's getting ready to graduate and she's got, she's getting her degree in um, international business and graphic design and she, and she really does want to join. And my son is, um, he's a sophomore and, you know, he, it's really interesting how they each carry the story and their experience differently, but, um, but are very, still, very much still connected, you know, like he was just doing our photo shoot for an upcoming event that we're, that we're going to have. So, so it's, you know, I never wanted to oblige them to join, but it's, you know, they grew up in the fight and it's pretty cool to watch them step into that with us. I love that. Caitlin, have you noticed any? I, I should say we have two more. Oh, <laughs> okay. Two. We have two more children. Yeah, the other two. <laughs> what did I think? Well, they're still, they're still here, you know, underfoot, um, a freshman and a sophomore in high school. And for them, they're like, the, the girls are an extension of family. They're in our homes all the time. We share holidays with them. You know, we're planning a sweet 16 for the, you know, this weekend. So it's just, it's just like an extension of the Reyes family. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to ask Caitlin, if you have noticed any changes in your daughter since, since joining on, if, if she, some of the, the, the resilience is rubbing off if, if, if she's kind of ready to take up the fight. That makes me so happy you asked that. Um, yeah, it's been amazing to talk about it with Harper. So my Harper is nine and she is every bit spitfire, world changer, leader, and she wants to be all those things. And because of sensitivity and telling her the truth, but in a way that she can receive it right now, she has the privilege of being innocent still at nine and not understanding fully what trafficking, exploitation, and abuse really means. I just tell her that the girls that we serve have been hurt before, they've been hungry before, and they've been really scared. And she can wrap her brain around that. And I can tell she doesn't want to know more, which is also kind of special that she's like, I'll receive that. And that's good enough. Um, so she knows them by name. She knows them by name. And when our girls submit prayer requests, we take it serious and we pray for them by name and she'll ask about them. And when I see pictures, she knows some of our favorite little friends that we've really gotten to know and she can pick them out. So she's really been on this journey with me. And what I'm seeing in her that's so fun is this desire to use business for good. So she took these little rubber bands and she wove these little rubber band braided bracelet things. And she's been selling them to her friends. And we talked about like profit margin and cover your costs and the basics, but she has a give back component and it's going to start hyper local in her elementary school. There's a closet for families that are a, a little pantry. They can come shop. No questions asked for basic supplies. So she's about to sell her final two today. And we're going to take her first round of profits and we're going to go buy and give back. And it is about New Hope, but I will say it's broader. It's about Good Market because she knows about Bella Tuno and they give a meal away for every product sold. And she knows about sackcloth and ashes and giving a blanket away. So she's being able to, um, to learn in a global sense what it means to be a global citizen and to love your neighbor well and define who is my neighbor. It's not just the person truly next door. 
and I really thank New Hope for that and for first inviting me in so that I could then invite her in as well. It's a great point. And this is actually something Mary Beth and I and Harry were talking about. Um, we did one with, with uh, Bob Dalton from Sackcloth and Ashes and how by bringing together all of these brands that are dedicated to doing good and, and promoting this sort of um, social responsibility, it's across the generations. So there's things that Harry and Mary Beth have the experience that they can communicate to brands that are new and starting out and building up a community like that. But then there's also these auxiliary benefits where, you know, the children are seeing it. And so now it's not so much, it, it may not be as exciting for them as it is for us that it's like, yes, we're, we're, we're doing these things and, and we have a purpose for them and we can do good in the world. So it may not be as exciting to them because they've been immersed in it, but it will be the path mm -hmm. that they see, um, which I think all of us are, are pretty excited about laying that sort of groundwork to see what the Harpers of the world can do um, and what the rest of the Reyes family can, can accomplish and, and how we can, can keep that, that thread going. Adam, I think it's funny that you say that because just this, just last week, I guess it was, I was working up the assortment for good market and, you know, Caitlin and I were connecting back and forth and I was a handbag buyer, right? So this is fun for me. So I'm like, okay, it's time we need to flip to fall. It doesn't, it looks spring, summer. You've got some great things. I was on the website. Here's the different ideas that I have. Caitlin's like, thank you for being so thoughtful. I'm like, the more that we can present the brand to be elevated and aspirational, and then they flip the ticket and they're like, this is a great price, the more that we can sell and the more good that we can do. So it's like wrapping all those expertise around for the global citizen that you had talked about and like, how do we help you? And that's, you know, that's a very finite, probably one of my favorite brands in the store because I relate to it. But that's how we're helping in totality. So, you know, when we talked to Bob last week, you guys know the story. It's like, he never thought he'd be selling blankets. That was just the means to an end of wanting to help. Okay, this is a good thing. And we're selling blankets and we're donating. And then he put the third dimension of creating the box to fill to again, give back. So it's like all these multi-levels of what we can actually do and connecting you guys with each other to do better. It's been an amazing ride for me in just this very short period of time of how we help you all do such great things that you're doing. And helping these girls who don't even know that they could even have a chance, right, Joy? Like giving them a chance that they never even thought that they would have. It has been an amazing ride for us too. I mean, it's, it sounds like many of us have similar experiences in that you just see this need, this issue, and you think, what can I do about that? You know, it, I, I think I said we started kind of as a school and then a safe home but as we were investigating, what's going on? Why are women giving up their girls? What's going on? We, we saw this need for moms to provide for their kids. And they were out of desperation, were falling prey to all kinds of, of evils. And so I just, I just felt like we just got to make something up. We'll just make up a job. And, and really that was the birth of our workshop, just like find something for them to do and then I'll sell it so that I can keep finding something for them to do. And then that just grew into 
the idea of, oh, but this could actually help sustain the work of the, of the rescue. And then, you know, we're, we're making bags on our pedal machine and, and shipping them out in our suitcases. And, and then we met Vera Bradley. And it was like a total life changer where we, we have a DHL account, imagine. And, you know, and the opportunity to, to collaborate and um, with them on a, on a line for International Women's Day and now Good Market. It's been so cool. And every, every step has been expanding our ability to impact. So it's not about growing a business, but impact but impacting a people. And so it's just, it's just it's phenomenal. And I can't thank you enough. Like even just in our first collab with Good Market, it has spurred a new line within, um, yeah. within our, you know, within our new home line, which I'm quite mm -hmm. excited about. Sitting right over here, actually. Yeah, we're super excited about that too. But it, you know, same for you. It was like, I never had this inkling that what I've built my career around driving a business would actually turn around and be helpful in this way. Right. And big reason why I joined Vera Bradley was the good that we do with the foundation and the other things that, that, you know, when I joined the company five years ago, we weren't even in relation with you yet. Right. Um, but now turning that into not only the things that we're doing with Vera Bradley, but good market and now touching for over 40 brands and being able to help everybody just lift at one more level. It's like, it's, it's really, it's an amazing opportunity for all of us. I think in a different way that we never knew, right? Right. I think Definitely. when you step out into good, it's, it's often bigger than you ever imagined. And imagine as we all unite for good, that ripple effect is just, it's going to be an ocean. Absolutely. Um, I know that you all were connected through Vera Bradley, um, and so there was a history there. But what is what is the story with Good Market? Like, how how did who reached out to who? And we've heard some interesting responses to to founders when they found out what what we were trying to accomplish with Good Market. So I'm curious about how that story came about. Do you want to take that one? I feel like you didn't they reach out to you it was like they reached out to us separate so I hadn't even started with New Hope per I was first a board member and then I had accepted the offer and I gave extreme notice to my current employer and Harry one day was like reached out and I barely knew Harry I mean I knew the name had barely talked to him and he's like I've got something really exciting I need to talk to you about and so I was like well this is interesting and got on the call with him and explained the whole thing and I think from the beginning because of how I'm wired I was I knew I knew this was it like I knew this was going to be amazing I felt it I felt it in his energy his when he was telling me about the brands um the happiness project was one he mentioned I mean I was just grabbing onto it like this is something I'm all in I am with you whatever it looks like you just tell me and then what was funny is about 10 days pre-impact day they were like so could you be at impact day in 10 days it's like well um I'm still employed somewhere else. So let me talk to that boss and let me talk to Joy. Let me do a few things, childcare. But I was there and I'm so glad I was there 
Um, it was such an honor to represent Joy and the women in the workshop and to be present and to report back on all the good that was happening. Um, so that is how I intersected with Good Market. But Joy, I feel like you knew about it, but there was the NDA that everyone laughs about with Harry that she couldn't <laughs> tell me. So she didn't tell me so that I didn't know. Well, if I, I feel talk like I never, I mean, I feel like I had all these leaks, you know, like. <laughs> Rob mentioned a little something, Pam mentioned a little something, no one had told me the real something until um, I finally did get on a phone call with Harry and he did make me sign that paper before, <laughs> before we, before I got the full, the full story. So that, <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is serious. Wow. I just but, chuckle at hearing everybody's story because it pretty much happened that fast too, which is really kind of funny that. You know, it was an idea, then it was, okay, this might be something, and then, okay, let's run with it, and it was a matter of, you know, January to, we opened early April, it, it moved that quickly, but the stories, you know, Harry was the roadshow guy, like, you go out and have the conversations, and we're all back here trying to figure out what the heck does all this mean, and how are we going to bring this thing to life, and building assortment plans, and what brands do we think that we want to invite. And once the word got out there, it was like, Hey, you need to talk to this person and that person. But New Hope was always in the fold because we were, we already had a relationship, right? So it was, um, Vera Bradley with our recycled product, Pure Vita, because everything around that, you know, has a good give back to it. Um, and then you guys were always right there because we already had the relationship and certainly your story is a great one to start with. So the NDAs were like, we couldn't talk about it because number one, we're a public company and it was something that we were just incubating and it was a laboratory idea. Number two, we didn't even really know what we were saying. So <laughs> we didn't want to say the wrong <laughs> thing and then knock it out there either. Right. So it's, it's really such funny stories, but my gosh, when we opened on um, impact day was the grand opening for those who don't know, um, which we're calling impact because it was a day that we could actually impact all of you even better, um, which I think really stuck and resonated. So, um, you know, that day we were all there like ready to roll and Caitlin, you were like, you were, you were just learning at that time too about the brand, right? And we're, you know, we're talking about how to assort it and how do we present it? And then what does this whole thing actually even mean? We had no idea that day, but here we are ready to open. Yeah. It was so good. It was so good. I mean, it was just, you would have thought they had years to plan it. It was smooth. The crowd was amazing. The floral arch was just like inviting and the textures everywhere, the visual textures, and it wasn't overwhelming. You hear that many brands. And I think the mind could say like, okay, that's a lot. It was just so perfectly styled and, and, and the assortments were just spot on. It was so inviting. And I found that on impact day, the people who came, they wanted to stay. They didn't come to, to walk through and race through. They came to linger and to listen and to learn. And it was so beautiful. I can't wait to get there. I'm going to be there in October. Oh, yay. Can't wait. Ready for you. You'll love we it. We need to make sure we have that date lined up. We have a lot going on in October, as you know. <laughs> it's a big month for. Um, one of the, the things that... I find so fascinating about good market and, and the idea of this retail concept slash incubator is how community driven it actually is, where there isn't a whole lot of competition between the brands to outsell one to get better placement on shelves or do any of this. It's very much 
when somebody sells a product, something good is happening and that's what we're celebrating. So all of the brands that are in good market, you come in and anything that you do, you're, you can, you're making a difference. And, and that's one of the things that's always been really special about working on the project like this um, is that everybody can come in and to speak more to the community, brands are, are talking with each other and there's collaborations happening across different, different products and things like that. And it's just a very uh, inspiring, I hate to keep using the word community, but I guess there's, there's not much else to call it. It's just like a group of people that feel the same way and, and are purpose-driven and moving towards, towards the same path. And, and it's really great to be a part of it. I feel like there's this instant connection among people who had to blaze a trail. And so I instantly am like, I want to know all these people. I want to hear their stories. I just know that there'll be something so inspiring and edifying in it. And so I, I think there is this camaraderie. Like, yeah. Look at what, um, what we could do I together. Yeah, I, I felt that in the space and I'll tell you that at impact day, um, I connected with a number of brands that all those connections were so special, but uh, Michelle with Bella Tuno, she and I became fast friends. I mean, there's just something about the realness of people who have been in hard places and seen hard things and they use that pain and that hurt for healing and for goodness. And I think a lot of the brands have that in common that they've really been through some challenges and they've fought. And there was something about Michelle's fighter spirit and her scrappiness and resolve, but also she walked with such grace and class. Mm -hmm. I just loved her. And so we've become friends. And since then, um, I've even been down to visit and stay with her family and meet her That's girls and, and her dog. And um, it's just been so good. And like she, I was texting her earlier. It's just, those are the kinds of friendships. But then also in the business sense, I'll tell you, I reached out to, um, the brand director with sackcloth and ashes and was like, Hey, I've got some questions. And I feel like after watching what you're doing, you're the guy to help me brainstorm. Would you give me just a little bit of your time? So in a couple of weeks, we've got some time on the calendar and he's going to help me brainstorm around a challenge that I'm facing that I feel like he's going to give really good outside perspective. So I just feel like there's an open invitation. I am not intimidated by anyone associated with good market. In fact, I feel like it's almost like an invitation because they're with good market that I can hit their inbox and feel certain they're going to be responsive. Yeah, absolutely. We recognize that. I think even before we opened the doors, we had dinner here one evening and Rob and Harry and I were all there and um, nobody wanted to leave after the dinner. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's way past my bedtime. But the folks that joined us like didn't want to leave. And I, I said to Rob, I pulled him aside. I'm like, we've got something here that I'm not even realizing. We're thinking we need to connect with our community wherever we are. But I said, this is a community that we could build even bigger because everybody was talking to each other. <laughs> they weren't talking to us. They were talking with each other about the experience and what they could learn from each other. And Caitlin, you're just that you're even feeling it even more. And that's where um, the good connect idea came from that we could really help lift in a different way then we're even thinking to give you a platform to grow with. It's a community that we can build within to, to help you 
you know, some of the businesses are just still trying to get out of their garage or out of their basement per se. So um, we're taking that to another level. And it's been, that's been something I had no idea that we could expect. So how do we maximize that even more we're working on it? Well, we, we appreciate all of, um, or well, both of you being here, we do have the good, goodbye questions as we call them. Um, so we don't tell you ahead of time um, because we like the spontaneity of the responses. Um, this one will be interesting because somebody will get. Big smile has me nervous. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who goes first? I feel like we have to decide now before we hear yeah, the, the question. The joke we always make is so there's only two calculus questions. Um, there's a there's a you know one chemistry question just to get everyone nervous. Um, but I'll, I'll just lean into it. Joy, we'll start with you. What does doing good mean to you? Wow, that's like a big question, actually. Um, for me, it means truly saying yes to all that I feel called to do. You know, there's a lot of me in the world, but there's certain things that I feel a specific call to. And so for me, the good that I feel called to do is um, with, you know, vulnerable women and girls. That's great. Caitlin. I love that. So um, I guess when I hear this idea of doing good, I instantly think of light and I think of how much darkness and how much heavy and how much weight there is in the world. And when I think about doing good, I think about um, just spreading light and just helping everyone in your wake feel just that much more at ease and kind of like that redemptive quality of light. Um, I think the darkness provides a real opportunity and doing good is saying yes to that opportunity. Love it. Very good. Second question, Caitlin, we'll start with you. Oh boy. What one word describes what you all are doing at New Hope Girls? Mm. That's my That's word. <laughs> That's it. <right, though. laughs> That's what it is. So I will elaborate and then I'd love to hear what the word means to joy because it might be similar but it might be different I think for me especially as my role really leans into the workshop component into our artisans I take so seriously that when we sell more bags and we create more demand for our products we create more opportunity for transformational jobs it is not just about economic empowerment but it is to Joy's credit and Wanda who leads our workshop it is about community and it is about healing journeys for these women, many of which who experience trauma in their own lives. It's about telling them they are created for more and that they are worthy and that they are worth educating and that they're worth raising up as a leader. That is transformative. And I think for me, the reason I hang on to that word is because I feel a healthy sense of um, responsibility to honor that and to help facilitate that and to help do good, right? To create more need for more transformative opportunities in the lives of these women. Yes. 
I think, I, I mean, that really was my word. And I think it is in every single place of New Hope. I mean, obviously, when you pull this girl who, from the darkness, you know, she is raging and ravaged, and she has been living a lie. And so to watch her step into all that she was created to be and her true identity, to watch that transformation day after day will completely transform you. And so, so it's, it's just amazing for all of us who have the honor to be a part of that. But then it's like, as they step into their more and you see, you see families and communities transformed and then down to the little details like our, what I, I love that it's called dead stock because I think that's exactly what we do. We take the things that were like meant for dead and bring new life to them, even in our fabric. So the fabric then is transformed into a beautiful bag that gives life as it's sold and helps rescue girls. Like there's everywhere you look, there's transformation. It's so cool. And um, it is, it's our word. It's so powerful that you guys are what aligned on that part. <laughs> that is really neat. I like that it even transforms the buyer journey, right? It lets us all consider that we can use our dollar to vote for something, and it can be a redemptive vote. It doesn't have to just be about the thing you own, but what it represents and the person it positively impacts. You know, every bag that we sell comes with a picture of the woman who made the bag and tells you just a little bit about her. And that, too, is transformative when you realize that, oh, my dollar counts for something more than just a thing. Um, so I agree with you, Joy. It's in every nook and cranny. And I was looking at the store on Sunday, and you'll appreciate this. The new, um, I can't remember the, the pattern that we just got in, but it's a new tote, and it's a tote with a zip across the top and the water bottles on the side, and, and she loved it. And she was like, after I told her the story and showed her the picture of the woman who actually made it on the bag, she said, wow, um, I love this because, and she went inherently, I love the, the zipper across the top and I can keep everything safe for me. And she said, and I love that she's helping me do what I, what, get what I need out of this. And I'm also helping her by purchasing it. And I'm like, perfect. It's the nail on the head. Exactly. Perfect. So more totes, more the zip top totes, Caitlin. <laughs> more bring, more bring totes. Them. Yeah, yeah first that, two. That bag so is my we new can, favorite. We could definitely use more of those. So really interesting. They're on their way. Great. Adam, can I ask the next one? I love this one. Okay. Yes, absolutely. All right. Whose turn? Joy, I think, right? If Joy. you could say one good thing to someone, who would it be and what would you say? Um, like I get to pick to someone to pick someone Lewis I want to talk to that I don't Oh, there's so many people in my life that I would want to say thank you. Um, so many people that have like held my hand, fanned my flame, you know, like sharpened my sword so that I could fight the good fight and keep on going. And I would want to say thank you to so many people. And I want to do that for others, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I kind of cheated. I don't have one person. <laughs> no, that's a great one. <laughs> Caitlin? Oh my goodness. I think I'm wrestling with it like joy where my mind is just going through this Rolodex of people who've poured into me. I mean, you heard the career journey. It's been a journey. Um, 
but I'm going to answer and I'm going to give a name and I'm going to say Wanda. I'm going to say Wanda who runs our workshop because she, um, I want to be like Wanda when I grow up. She is fierce and kind and holds people accountable, but laughs. And when she prays, watch out. And I mean, it gives me chills just talking about it and the impact she's had on me as a woman, as a leader, as a woman of faith. And I, I mean, my interactions have been great and they've been many, but if you think about it, I mean, I don't even live in the same country and she's had that kind of impact. So um, I'm blessed that I know her in real life and I have the opportunity to share this. So this is a good prompt that I need to make sure I get written out all that Wanda means to me and make sure it gets in her hands. Joy, you'll have to help me translate a little, but uh, but she really is incredible. Okay. All right. I'll do, I'll do four and then Mary Beth, yeah. you want to do the yeah. last one? Okay. Question four, which is starting with you, Caitlin. What is a good quote you think about a lot? Oh boy. A good quote I think about a lot. Um, okay. So I'm going to talk about light again. There's a quote and I will pull it up. Um, I just want you to know Bob Dalton did the same thing. Pulled up a quote on his phone. <laughs> Bob's wasn't a quote. Bob's was a uh, the, the latest book that he had been reading. Was it? Oh, okay. Well, he's, he's also my kind of person then. Okay. I'm, I'm circulating between, a, actually, it's not, I don't have to pull it up. I think it is, I did pull one up. But what I think about more than, the, than this, than this quote, which is Our Greatest Fear by Marianne Williamson, it's worth looking up, but it's not where I'm going to land. I'm going to land on um, a biblical quote that's perhaps you were born for such a time as this, because there is so much swirling, there is so much heavy, there's so much heartache, there's so much pain, there's so much confusion, but I will never believe that my place in, in time and space is a mistake. I'm going to believe in the purpose around it. And because of that purpose, I'm going to believe in my ability to impact for good and to be that light. So when I start to feel overwhelmed by the things of this world, I remind myself, this is not a mistake. There is a reason you met Joy all those years ago, so serendipitously, but it was not a mistake. And leaning into that reality and believing in the very purpose of kind of the here and now and why is really freeing and it's really empowering. Fabulous quote. Well, for me, one of the things I literally say every single day in some capacity is it can come in a way of a challenge or a reminder or inspiration is um, if you're faithful in little, you will be faithful in much. It's emotional. But I think there are so many opportunities to do the small thing. And that opens doors to do the next thing. And if we're faithful to do that, God is faithful to welcome us into more. And I, I ask my, I mean, I've, I've already used it a couple times today, sitting around a table with a girl, like, have you been faithful in little? As a question, but it also can be this inspiration. Like, you know, we, there is so much to do. And as, as we're faithful with the little thing we have in our hands, are going to be able to be invited into more and as we join hands with others the more is all the more so it's pretty it's pretty awesome
It's a great one as well. They're all good. I love it. Okay, so I get to wrap it up, Adam. Okay. It's all you. If you could have one person other than you tell your story, who would it be, Joy? Pretty, I mean, just off the cuff, I'm pretty excited to have Caitlin representing us. Um, it's like, you know, I, I, I cannot be stateside all the time. That's not my work to do. And it is like this, you want someone to tell your story well, and I just feel so blessed and honored that I have her. That was good. Mm. Okay, Caitlin, now, how do you top that one? <laughs> I know, and now I'm like, how do I talk? Now, how do I top it? How do I even talk? Because boy, that's such an honor. Um, okay, you said we are allowed to tell stories, so I'm going to tell a story now based on what Joy said, and this is the one that gets me in my feels. Um, the first time I went to the Dominican, and I had the opportunity to sit down with some of the women, and I had the true honor to hear their story of how they came to know New Hope, I was sitting and talking to Wanda. She's one of my greats that I ref referenced, and Joy was translating, which was probably very exhausting over the duration of my stay, but she was so good to translate. And it was so impactful and I felt it. And I said to Wanda, what can I do? I wanna help you. I wanna be in this with you. What can I do? And she paused and she said, be our voice. And I felt the significance of that in that moment. I carried it with me and I took it so serious, but it wasn't until I don't know when it was. It was like I settled into that reality when I accepted the job and I realized it had come full circle and what Wanda had spoken was happening. And I know how um, the story just has so much significance and it's not lost on me, the honor that it is to carry the story and to advocate and to walk, even if not on the same continent, but to truly walk with joy and um, and the artisans and the girls who I just so love. So. Um, so thank you for saying that, Joy, because that's been one of my most beautiful New Hope memories was that interaction with Wanda. I still have it written down and I still will read through it every time and every so often and think, is this even real? But it is. It happened. Um, so, OK, so that is hard to top, Joy. Thank you. I would say for me, I'm going to say two people. I'm going to say, well, I guess three. I would say our daughter's Joy. I would say that if it can't be you and if it can't be me then I want Helena Lovka or Harper to speak this story and to feel it and to mean it and to own it with the conviction and the belief that we feel every single time we say it. Because if they can say this story and they can mean it the way we do, it means it's taken root in their heart and they have to believe it about themselves, right? They have to believe they're created for more if they can believe it about our girls and our women. So um, I think that would be amazing to hear. Wow, that's inspiring. I think it will be amazing to hear. Yeah. And I guess in some ways we already hear it. I know that Helena helps advocate for us and, um, and that Lovka, you know, knows the girls and even Harper in her own little nine-year-old way is able to share the story as she goes. So I think there is some of that already coming to fruition. Yeah. It's exciting to see the way that what is happening is impacting across the generations and, and how it will continue to impact across the generations just really special but that's that's the podcast <laughs> so thank you thank you both so much for 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 being on here I mean these are really incredible stories um 
and you are both very incredible people and we appreciate everything that you're doing not only with good market and and helping us as a brand partner but also of course what you're doing in the world and and how you all are doing it so thank you so much for for being a part of it and and coming on telling your story so we can't wait to see you here and i hope to get there on a trip with uh vera bradley too at some point so thank you okay.